Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, March 16th, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. And hey guys, action! Hey, hey. to talk. What's up, guys? Oh, there we go. All I have is water. <laughs> oh, good wow. to see you. You too. You too. Uh, we haven't had Shane Gallus in a minute, so it's good to have you here, sir. Where have you been, Mister? I think I missed one or possibly two, but I have yeah, missed we, you guys as well. Couple, yeah. Yeah. You too. Shane's uh, been in in Oahu. He's been living the dream. Yep. Getting away from the I cold. Tested. I got tested a couple days ago. Everything's oh, cool. I, I got vaccinated before you went, and and when you came did you? Back. Yeah, I got oh, vaccinated. Got, yeah, I got. Is it the, the single shot or the two parts shot? It was the single shot. The Johnson and Johnson. The Johnson I'm, and Johnson. I can. So, I I can do. Or your Johnson. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was in my Johnson. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's 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 getting more and more common. It seems to be like everybody's sort of starting to get it. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I'm just I, I'm ready to kind of like do whatever it takes to get this thing back in order. We we got two dates we'd like to be playing and whatnot uh, in the summertime. So yeah, um, especially as everything kind of starts to get into the spring frenzy, you know, it's just. The gates are going to come wide open for sure. So I think or it's going to be nuts when it finally does blow open. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, we got a, we got a border to cross, which is a whole other subject in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's still pretty locked down. Which you know, if there's anything we know about Canada, is it's you know the rules, locked baby. Down. Follow the rules. Yeah. Could yeah. be a thing on your phone though. Eventually, hey, I have the app that says I got the. You know the vaccine, and maybe you cross. Or you the walk board around with just like a back pass, or like a back chip. pass on 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 Wayne's World, like chip. just kind of walk around. A chip, yeah, yeah, chip, yeah exactly. Go by the scanner. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're good. It looked like yeah. they were tearing it up in Florida, though. Uh, spring breakers. Of course they are. Yeah, <laughs> always following any uh, social distancing uh, measures. Yeah. Well, no, sometimes yeah. spring breakers, the COVID is the least of their worries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take COVID over any of these other diseases. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of those you can just get a shot for, I suppose. I don't know how that works. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. <laughs> there you go. Anybody catch any of the Grammys? I know uh, we have some uh, folks mm. here that were, uh, you know. Corey watched the Grammys. I, I yeah, never so watched the Grammys. It. You got, edged out by the, you got edged out by that rabbit movie or something, right? Yeah, I, which I can't believe because Jojo Rabbit, I, I feel like I've seen it 10 years ago. How, how is, It does seem like a long time ago. It's funny that you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, it, so... It was they, weird, like, I watched the trailer, sorry, cut you off, but the trailer was like, we're the monkeys, was it? Hmm? <laughs> or no, I'm a believer, pardon me, it was, I'm a believer by the monkeys. Oh, is yeah, that yeah. like an old song? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, 20, yeah. 20, It's a 2020 remix, you know. There you yeah. go. Master. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great soundtrack, but doing an original soundtrack for something like Bill and Ted's Three, you think that would sort of put you in a in a bit of a of a thing? But hey, you yeah. got nominated. Got nominated. Yeah, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. That's yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Did they I've never been nominated for a Grammy. Participation ribbon or anything like that. <laughs> participation <laughs> pin. Recently when yeah, I was at yeah, home yeah, yeah. In Canada. That's amazing <laughs> I, once, excellence. I once won a gammy When my grandmother gave me A, 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 a blue ribbon <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> Hey and don't forget guys We now are on Audio podcasts That's right Your, your favorite ones Spotify, Google, Apple um, Pandora Anywhere you, that you can get a podcast, Took is available, all episodes. And where so, do they find that, Corey? Oh, they can go to, well, they can do what I said, or they can go to tooktalk.com. That's right. And you, you can go. find every episode in an audio format, so you can listen while you're driving or cleaning toilets or falling asleep at night. Yeah, what you are currently listening to will eventually be on tooktalk.com audio. That's right. It's, and, it's sort uh, of so meta when you start saying it like that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess we should, uh, we have done this in the past, but we should mention that this is pre-recorded, going to be airing 24 hours from now, I imagine, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it right. And yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, yeah, so we're going to yeah, so if, 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 so. if anything, you know, catastrophic happens between now and then, we're we're not talking about it because we didn't know about it. So there That's you go. right. Because exactly. <laughs> it didn't, didn't happen. It didn't happen yet. And we were talking a little bit uh, before we went on. Uh, we're coming up on a year of doing this. Who would have thought, right? No. Yeah. Actually, the 14th, the, the, the 9th, I think we came home from Regina. We had played Telemiracle. Tuke did. Right. We all came home. And I think around the 14th, 15th was the day I finally <laughs> relented and said, okay, I'm going home. Yeah. yeah. Stayed home. Yeah. So yeah, so it's been almost a, a year full today. year of doing this every week, with the exception of maybe one or two. But uh, yeah, we yeah, started on great. April seventeenth. Did you say, Corey? We did. Yeah, and this this episode now is forty seven. Wow. Well, that's and remember, a lot. remember when we started, we thought this, hey, you know, it's going to last maybe a two couple weeks. weeks. Let's cram as many guests into one episode that's as right. we can. You know, so <laughs> you know, as, right. You know, so we had, we had, even though this is episode forty seven, it's actually fifty three guests. Holy yeah. cow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. Awesome. Speaking of guests. Speaking of guests. Yeah, anyway. exactly. There's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of guests. Let's um, do this. Brent. You want to introduce uh, we, Brent? We nominated you to uh, do the induction. Actually, uh, Corey, why don't you read off some of the credits? You were just telling me right. about some of his credits. I'd love to hear right. Mark's credits. Well, um, you may or may not have heard of him as, a, as our guest today, but you've definitely heard him. That's because true. Because he's been on like everything as a background vocalist in particular drummer as well but mostly background vocals motley crew that's right he's the one you mean dr feel good that's, that's him that's, that's him. mark yeah in the background um he did annihilator he did randy bachman he actually plays drums with randy bachman uh yeah, yeah. currently and bachman turner, turner. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. turner. and lover boy he sang on lover boy he sang on share album and a share song or album wow hmm. um scorpions david lee roth Wow. Like some really big hitters. Uh, yeah. Carly Simon, Glass wow. Tiger, and our favorite, Chilliwack, right? Because that's right. That's right. Bill yeah, Henderson wow. was on last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got to find out what song that was because that's that's pretty cool credit. Not that's not that the others aren't. <laughs> no, I know. But, but, it, but most importantly, he is a Winnipegger, which I think is a... It, you know, it, it, he's prairie folk. I think that's really yeah. important. All so it comes back to Winnipeg. It should, should, should be another stat when we talked about all those guests. How many of them actually have that <laughs> seven degrees of Winnipeg? Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's one degree Every of Winnipeg, really. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. And, <laughs> and I can't his, comment. his band in the 80s, uh, we, we traveled in the same circuits with my band, and his band was all, always the bar. Like they set the bar for uh, um, everybody in that band had awesome vocals. So they were like, if you want good background vocals, go listen to Cease and Desist because that that and and the band still is is going now. Yeah, Cease and Desist still is still going strong. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So go ahead, Brent. I know I've got it. <laughs> well, and and speaking <laughs> of Winnipeg, now. the the yeah, exactly. the root of Winnipeg as far as music was a, a gr another great band, but was based in Winnipeg, Crocus, and right. I believe we can ask Mark all about it. But a lot of great era in the in the time of. Uh, Neil Young and the Guess Who and all the bands that were from Winnipeg and Mark was part of all those those great bands in that circuit too and a lot of those people have migrated to other cities so Mark is now in Vancouver but um, so let's so let's ask him a million questions. Crocus with a K though, right? It's no, it's C R O W, not the Swiss Crocus. This is Crocus. The the isn't isn't the Crocus the like flower of Manitoba or something like that? It is. It is. Yeah. So and that was well before the. The Swiss band, the Crocus yes. from from Winnipeg. Yeah. So, without uh, further ado, Mr. Mark LaFrance. Yeah. Hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> hey, Mark, welcome. Hey, Mark. Wow. You must hey. get so, you must have got so many chicks just by saying your name, Mark LaFrance. Like right away, it's like. <laughs> what is you know that? What? The funny thing is, my real name. I mean, it's Mark LaFrance is short for Marcelin Jean Joseph LaFrance. When I said Marcelin Jean Joseph LaFrance, it was I was in right away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. 
That we better, we better get this episode on right away before they cancel it like they did with Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, I started playing music many years ago. So a lot of the stuff I can, we can't even go. I mean, sure, with you guys as well, you can't even go into anymore. You know, we'll be canceled. We'll be canceled. Yeah, absolutely. You can, yeah. 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 No, no, man. Poo. It's amazing that Motley got away with uh, the dirt when you think about it. I thought, well, man. so far, so far, yeah, they've that's away true. With it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. The clock is always ticking, it seems like. Yeah. I still You're have speaking faith in the kids. Still have faith in the kids when last year's song of the year was Wet Ass Pussy. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard to believe anybody's yeah. by, offended by anything, really, when that's... Yeah. I know. It's just, they're they're it's playing just Call of Duty and lighting hookers on fire in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, my God. Canceling Pepe Le Pew. Eight-year-old singing at the word. I know. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, Todd, but, yeah, that was uh, we had to bring that up. No, so speaking of... I, I don't mean to jump right ahead, but what I've always been curious about is clearly you have a connection. Is your connection with Bob Rock also a Winnipeg guy? Bob Rock produced, for those that don't know, Metallica, Motley Crue, a bunch of gigantic records. Was, was in a, the cult was in a group called oh, right. The Paolas and then Rock and Hyde and a, and a really great songwriter and guitar player himself. But was your connection as a vocalist, did Bob say, get Mark in to sing all this? Because for those that don't know, if you're watching Motley Crue... In modern day standards, they, I don't think it's a big secret that they have recorded vocals, but 100% you are playing with Motley Crue every night because I can hear Mark's <laughs> voice going, he's the one that called it the feel good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I went to see them with that first, the Dr. Feel Good tour came out. And I went backstage and first thing Tommy Lee said to me, man, Mark, man, you're singing great, dude. Man, you sing great every night. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he, he promised me a nice Motley Crue leather jacket, but I never received it. I don't know. Not really? We're putting that out there right now. Where's Mark's yeah. jacket, Tommy? Yeah, come on, Tommy. What happened there? It's only, it's only, uh, I don't know, man. It's quite a few years ago now, isn't it? Take it to social media. Hashtag give Mark his jacket. <laughs> we'll start a huge campaign or a check. But is that a Bob yeah, Rock connection yeah. for you that these things come up? Or actually, or? actually, what happened? The strange thing is, is when I moved to Vancouver in 1980, I it's amazing. I I'd done a lot of studio work back in Winnipeg at Century 21, and yeah. oh Road, yeah, Road Studios was kind of the studios that I started out. At. Back back in those days in Winnipeg, you'd go in. I was doing a lot of jingles, so you'd go in and you do like five jingles and you know doing drums and then sing, singing background vocals and you make like 50 bucks you know and i figured nothing back, wrong with that back then i was going wow i made three hundred dollars that was a lot of money uh, and it was back, back then it was you know because i'm i am an ancient so you know that was, <laughs> that was hey i'll take 300 bucks right now yeah, uh, okay, yeah, right. yeah. so anyway i i you know ended up moving to vancouver 1980 and uh, I started doing jingles almost immediately. I was singing in the studio, singing commercials. Like I did probably thousands of those before I, you oh, know, wow. uh, and I'd be singing with this guy, this little guy called Brian Adams. <laughs> 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 you know, and we were singing like Chevy ads and Coca-Cola and all wow. kinds of stuff. Anything and, off the top of your head that you think anybody would remember? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me think. Uh, the champagne of ginger ale, Canada Dry. <laughs> oh, <wow. Awesome. laughs> I, I sang that with bill henderson he did some he joined me on the falsetto endings and, and that so, wow uh, that's yeah yeah so there's i got tapes of that stuff i gotta like transfer it over one day you must be a, laugh, you must. Be a, be a yeah. laugh to get it out but so anyway, what whatever happened to that brian adams guy i don't know what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway so here i am in vancouver and bob was starting he him and like uh, uh, Mike Fraser was like just like do, was like a tape op back then, and and, sure. and Bob was around. But I didn't. I met Bob actually. I was at the Cave because uh, I knew the Loverboy guys at the time, and they had just put this new band together, and it was just happening. And Adams, there was a showcase at the Cave with Brian Adams and Loverboy, and I'm standing around waiting. And you know, I'd been in Crocus, mm -hmm. and we just we're kind of broken up at that time. But this guy comes up to me and he starts talking to me. Hey, man, I saw you. 
playing at the Commodore, singing with Warming Up God, oh man, love your drum and love your singing. And I was really nice to him. And I think might have even bought him a drink or whatever. And it, it was Bob Rock, you know, he came up and introduced me. And, and, you know, I was apparently because he was he was just starting to happen. Of course, uh, little did I know. And I use that as an example a lot of times with young musicians. I say, man, be nice to people. 100%. Because you just never ever know that person comes up. If I and I'd seen guys do it a million times. You know, you you know, you get a little bit of success. You're on the road. You're playing concerts. You get your first album out, and then you think you're you know you're you're on top of the world. But you got to be so careful because if your ego gets too big and you piss off the wrong guy, man, you're you know it'll affect your yeah. future. And that to me yeah. that was a perfect example. So that's actually how. I, and then I started seeing him around Little Mountain. And he was just doing, he was, you know, doing jingles as well, because that's where everybody cut their teeth was. That's how these mm. guys got good, like Mike Fraser and Rock and all these guys got their chops up by singing on, like producing commercials. Do you understand right. back in those days with GGRP was the big, huge firm. So they, they um, uh, you know, they were doing huge productions with full orchestras and stuff. So these guys learned how to record orchestras and really cut their teeth. Uh, and mm. knew what they were doing. So anyway, that's a, that's how my connection uh, came about with Bob. And it was did you ever have a, Did you ever have the Winnipeg conversation? Because I was learning more recently, and like I didn't know Bob was actually from Winnipeg. I didn't either. I didn't either but I did, we did eventually because I think he was like he might have been around from Flin Flon or something like that because he's got wow. a bit of that. You know that uh, you remember that, that there was that big festival just outside of. Winnipeg, Fenikalukalakablakar. I don't know. I can't remember. It was some, <laughs> some Swedish yeah. thing, you know. It was, it yeah. was a big festival every year. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, I was going to say, clearly, because you guys were from there originally, but Vancouver had very important uh, future importance to your careers, right? I mean, not being in Winnipeg and then and Vancouver sort of like opened up a lot of opportunity, clearly, right? Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, yeah, Van Vancouver opened up huge doors for me. But I mean, I mean, before coming to Winnipeg for me, I guess the big opening door was actually playing with guess who guys, you know, I was a young yeah, kid yeah. in Winnipeg and I was, you know, playing in a band called Musical Odyssey, which was a great cover band at the time in Winnipeg. Uh, and then these, you know, Burton Cummings and Kurt Winter and Bill Wallace, all these guys from the Guess Who would come and, you know, so I had my, the first rock stars I met were guys from the Guess Who because they come out to the Safe Atal Hotel or wherever I was playing and go, hey, kid, you know, you sing pretty good. Uh, you know, you play good jobs, keep doing it. And, you know, Kurt Winter lighting up cigars with a hundred dollar bills. <laughs> it, was, wow. it was, yeah, it was like the, it really hundred dollar Canadian. But but you know that was my early exposure. So then being being actually playing with Greg Lescu and Bill Wallace from the Guess Who, that was a pretty major step for me. Being that was my first real original band. So uh, that's great. And that and having that and the all the jingles that I'd done in Winnipeg and the Crocus albums, I was able to march into GGRP, which was a little bounce out at the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. no kidding, I was like, it was one of those magical moments. I'm sitting in the office with uh, Brian Griffith, who was one of the principals with GGRP, with, which was a big production company for jingles. And I played in the Crocus stuff and he actually listened to it, which was amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. and he said, he phoned, mm. I remember yeah. I was sitting there he said, okay, this is great. He phoned Actra. Like back in those days, to sing on commercials, you had to have eight Actra session, sessions under your belt. And Actra wow. is, is, is a union for singers. for an Right, actor. yeah. And he phoned up Actra and he said, look, I got Mark Lafrance in my office here and we're going to be using him for way more than eight. I want you to, we want to sign him up right now. For so he got me great. an Actra right away. And then boom, I was doing all these you know, where I used to make 50 bucks, all of a sudden it was like you do a national uh, Toyota ad or, so, you know, you'd be making like like 20 grand off singing wow. for a half hour. And I mean, I was wow. like, whoa, it's like, are you kidding wow. me? You know, this is, so it was really that. And then you'd be sitting in Little Mountain Sound, you'd be singing on a commercial, you'd be sitting in the in the reception area. And then, then Bob Rock started doing albums and you had Rock, hey, Mark, uh, I'm doing this album, this band next week, uh, Blue Murder. Uh, can you come and do some backgrounds for me? Sure. You know, and then 
The next day you'd be doing Blue Murder sitting there and somebody come in from the production company and say, hey, can you do, I'm doing a McDonald's ad tomorrow. Can you come in? Yeah, I just go there. Literally, I'm not shit. Yeah, I'd go there and sit around and have a coffee and get work. It was amazing. <laughs> so great. Wow. It was a great, it was an amazing time. It really, that wow. it was, yeah. And th that wasn't the only studio. There's a little mountain sound. There was, there was Coco Productions. There was Westward. There's all these studios were happening at that time that were really active. So I basically, yeah. my timing to come move to Vancouver couldn't have been better, you know, so. Absolutely. So talk, talk to the audience a little bit, because this is always something. And of course, growing up in that day and age where that whole mystique and whatever happened during the recording process was not, it wasn't as obvious as it is now with social media and obviously yeah. everybody, Instagram and stuff. What was the band's take on that? They bring in another guy to sing. And of course, everybody's led to believe that this is the band's album. Is that something? I mean, you guys have all kind of partaken in that, I'm sure. Is yeah. that is that something you feel kind of an awkward, you know, do they bring you in in secret and do this and then, hey, this is what's happening? Or is everybody kind of aware of that process? It, it, there was different instances. You know, a lot of times I remember doing a uh, um, 38 special uh, song that Brian Adams and... and um, Jim Valance. Jim Valance wrote, yeah, for a movie. Mm -hmm. For it ended up being in a movie called Revenge of the of the Nerds. It was uh, it was called Paradise, I think, or something like that. Mm. Paradise, par it was it was it was a huge hit, and we were on tour, you know, with Backman Turner a couple of years ago with the, uh, and only one guy showed up because uh, to do that, you know, the main lead singer. Uh, so I'm on the road with Backman and Turner and we're doing a show with these guys. So I walk up to the van and I go, Hey guys, I, I, th I think I worked on one of your songs and it was like dead silence. Really? <laughs> like they were, it was like, really like basically get, you know, get out of here. You know, it was like, it was really, really strange. So I guess, <laughs> other, I guess the other guys in the band were not too pleased that I was part of that session. But anyway, wow. Maybe they didn't even even know at all. Maybe right? they didn't, oh, or, but it was it was weird. It was like a one of those recall. things. It was one of those things where you went, "Oh, good. Why did it, what have I done?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the time in recordings, it's often the singer is the singer, and sometimes the other guys don't sing. Yeah. You know, at, and so when they want to do harmonies, they don't necessarily want the singer doing his own harmonies all the time because it starts to kind of get too samey. So Absolutely. a guy like Mark, like like yourself, gets called in. Because they want somebody who's competent and quick, and you're not going to spend the whole day trying to come up with the one harmony. It's like you come in, boom, 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 you're out. You know. Well, and I'm and, sure that producer's under pressure from the record company to do it on a budget too, right? I mean, this absolutely. goes this this predates everybody having the ability to record in their living room, but and tune you know, everything too, and tune everything yeah, and fix everything. Absolutely. Now it's just get guys like Mark to come in and boom, it's like it, well, it's happening. And that's yeah. part of the thing too, because you got to remember, especially at those bands, you know, they were recording acts. So they were only going in the studio every couple of years. You know, it's not like they were in there. They weren't going in there every day. Like we were in there every day, every day singing yeah. on something. So you were yeah. going into the studio. You were never nervous. You were, you know, and yeah. so that was be part of, and plus you knew the producer and you just, you know, and, but working with Motley and most of the acts were, were really, there was no ever, you know, there was always some really. <laughs> you know, they, okay, so Nikki Nikki Six posted this. Wow, and it's uh, well, David Steele, it's Mark, Brian Adams, Jack Blade, Steven Tyler, and Vince Neil all around the mic. So there you go. That's cool. Wow. What the That's hell were you singing? List. I uh, I think we were singing. Uh, we are the world. I can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we aren't the world. Yeah, we aren't yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think we might have been thinking uh, sticky sweet. I don't know. It's hard to remember a lot of the. You know. I, you know. It's like trying to remember. Sometimes people go, "What song did you? What song did you sing on on this album?" And I go, "I actually have to go. I have to go back and look because I've got everything registered properly, obviously." So. Yeah, can get my royalties. Right nice. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but sometimes it's like, did you sing on that? And I'll, I'll get sometimes get my royalty statement from for the neighboring rights stuff, and, and I see all these titles. I didn't know what I go. I didn't know what it is. You know, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that's a good so problem I, to have. I'm not bitching though. I'm not complaining. I not really, at all. Really yeah. Pleased and. You know, you try to when when that was happening, when all of that was happening. I mean, I still do a, a fair amount of that kind of stuff, but back then it was 
you had to go into a studio to do it, right? And mm -hmm. uh, it, now you kind of look at it in this mystical way. It was like such a, but when it was happening, you didn't think anything of it. I didn't even yeah. know half of the bands when I was, you know, when I go in the right. studio, somebody said, oh, you're singing on Motley Crue. I go, who are they? You know, so I, know. <laughs> I mean, I eventually did, but I mean, that was yeah. part of the thing. You know, you're, it depends where you come from and you're sort of, some of these bands were just starting out too, like Glass Tiger. It was yeah, yeah. like, that was like a new brand new band. And, and that, that those sessions were in Jim Fallon's studio when he was still living in West Vancouver. Right. So, and there was just, uh, Alan Frew, myself and Paul Jant sang, sang Bee Gees on that. Uh, don't forget me when I'm gone. Oh, wow. Wow. There you go. There's another one I didn't realize was yeah. was you. Ah, That's crazy. Cool. The other thing to keep in mind is often when they're doing vocals, say Motley Crue, for example, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like, you know, if Vince is there doing vocals and they're getting ready to, well, let's put some harmonies on this. Sometimes the other guys in the band aren't around or 38 special or whatever absolutely, the band absolutely, is. Absolutely, like, absolutely. So it's yeah. like, do we fly the guys back in from wherever the hell they are to come sing these harmonies or do we just get local guy Mark LaFrance to come out and just fucking rattle it off? Mm -hmm. And that's that's how that happens. So, because I've done a bunch of that as well. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. and it's, really, it's really nice, like you say, when you get called in and you can do it and walk out the door with a check in hand and go, boom, you go out the door. Because as long as your voice isn't super prominent, I suppose they can kind of tuck you back there. And, you know, and although your voice is very prominent, I can, I can recognize your voice in, in, in those Motley Crue songs because they go, that's definitely not Vince's voice. What's going on back there? That's <laughs> Mark LaFrance. But you do still, I mean, it, it is part of, I mean, I've always said a lot of the times singing on, to, when you get called in, you're not trying to, you know, the, the worst mistake yeah. that a lot of singers do that when they go in to do BGs is they try to stick out, you know, they're because yeah. oh, I got to get, you know, and yeah. I've always tried to, uh, I was really lucky. Blend in. I yeah. was really lucky working with a fellow, uh, with uh, Bill Wallace in my early, early years. He was like brilliant with harmonies and stuff. Right. So I learned a lot from him as to how you should approach background singing and that type of thing because mm -hmm. you don't want to be, it's not like you want your voice sticking out because that's right. the, the key is, is to try to be a bit of a chameleon so that you blend in with whatever singer mm -hmm. to make it work. Cause you know, otherwise you'd be, you know, if you look at uh, Michael McDonald, who was amazing background singer, but man, you could hear him on everything mm. he did. Right? Yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah, you always totally. Knew. You'd hear. Uh, Such Steve a long way to yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. You talk about being comfortable in front of a producer that because that was always a thing for me back when I worked with producers because we don't anymore. But just getting comfortable and being able to like settle yourself and, and just play naturally. That was always a, a challenge for me because it was like, I just met the guy. I might be in the studio and Oh wow. I got to like, you know, be perfect for him. And it messed with my head. But if you, after, you know, you establish a rapport after a few days or a week or whatever it takes, you're totally playing differently than that first time you were in the studio. So yeah, that's a, especially with a voice. I mean, drums is one thing where you're just, bashing but you know being really calm and and having a nice you know even tone singing that's that had to be i mean that was great that you were in that position to be there every day well i think that the big thing with singing too is it, you know we all know as singers you have to be relaxed as soon as you start to get i've seen great phenomenal singers on stage live guys that get really good at, at singing live that blow you away they they come in the studio and they just they tent, they get nervous and tense up, and that's the absolute word. That's a nightmare for a singer because that it just your chords tighten up, and it mm. starts to sound strained, right? And and the, the key is is to be. But I mean, working with great producers, which I've had the good fortune, great producers know how to basically like like psychologists. You know, they mm. know how yeah. to get performances out of people, so they. They know how to make you feel relaxed. The great ones. I mean, the great ones. I've been fortunate. You know, uh, Bob Rock is a great example. Fairburn was another one. Uh, mm. uh, even the times that I worked on a couple of things with David Foster, he was like very, you know, just would they had a way of of, of relaxing you. You know. Mm. 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 Well, there's also all major producers you worked with, by the way. Those are all. A list oh, producers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were. They, I mean, that's why they were so good because they absolutely knew, they yeah. just knew they know what to do. You know, they know how to, 
you know, the best producers see don't try to put too much of their mark on stuff. That's what I say, Mark. <laughs> That's kind of a weird player <laughs> word for me. But anyway, but you know, they, they trademark. Just put, yeah, the trademark. Yeah, they they know how to just you know. Plus, they're Canadian. They're polite. Yes, yes, yeah. David but, David Foster always seems so intense now, though. So I wonder if he's the same way. It, it almost feels like if you went to a David Foster session now and you didn't get on the first try, he would he would just shame you and you'd walk out with your tail between your legs. It's funny. I mean, I worked with him on quite a, a couple of different occasions and he was very, he was very easy to work with, but I know what you mean when you see him in interviews because he's got, there's, you know, he's really, uh, he's really got that when he's trying to see, he's a seller. I mean, the guy's an amazing salesman. He really is. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing, when I did a show with him, he, uh, we did an expo 86 live thing that we did for, uh, BC TV, whatever, and and one of the singers, uh, Donnie Gerard, who is the singer with who sang Wildflower, uh, with Skylark, had was having voice problems. Well, I was there doing some schmaltzy stuff up for the show as well, which I, you know, uh, with other people singing, you know, it's our time to shine, da 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 da, you know, one of those kind of things. Anyway, <laughs> and, and and he came up to me and says, "Mark, look, we have a bit of a problem here. Uh, we're doing the show tomorrow. Can you learn all these songs for the show and come and do it?" And I went, "Okay." So I did, and I ended up doing the show with him. So I covered up, you know, I had to come in and fill in for somebody because he was his voice was hurting, and he was mm -hmm. great to work with. But but I know what you mean. You get on, and then we finish the show, and then it's like. Hey David, see you later. And he snapped his fingers and said, "Yeah, catch you on the charts." You know that he's kind of got. And I've kind of gone, "Catch me on the charts." Well, okay. Amazing. There's a great underlying um, message here, though, is because you we're talking about you as a vocalist, but you're a drummer. I know and that's the. A dr and a drummer who sings, which I think is really interesting, by the way. You're talking to two drummers right now that, uh, you know, they know how difficult it is just playing the drums. So being able to sing well is, is a whole other thing. Go ahead, yeah. Brent. I'm yeah, sorry. I think having the communication tool of being a good singer uh, or, or you know, just to support. And, and uh, that's all learned. That's a Winnipeg thing. And it's a Canadian thing. And it's, it's, well, it's all around the world. But we definitely had to sing. I remember back in Winnipeg, everybody I knew sang. You were yeah. you played an instrument, but you also sang, and it was just part of supporting being in a band. And that um, it's clearly been a beneficial thing for you, right, Mark, to have yeah, absolutely. It was when I remember being about, when I first started playing. I pretty much started singing at the same time, and of course, I was playing with guys that were my very first band. The guy that actually taught me how to play drums, Jake Tavishaner, they just brought me in. He taught me how to play drums because they were trying to. He was he was a drummer. And but they couldn't find a guitar player, so he learned how to play guitar. And of course, him and the other guy, they were five years old, and said, Listen, Mark, okay, don't get any ideas here, okay? <laughs> we're just, you know, we need you right now. When we find yeah. a guitar player, you know, you're probably not going to be with us, right? But so I, you know, I <laughs> but that never happened. I get you, know, we kept playing, and the band evolved and evolved. But I, the, he, the fact that I could sing high, full voice, the guy was yeah. always amazed. And so, of course, from that point on. I was singing all the high harmonies on everything. Right? So, yeah, amazing. So that was yeah. So it was pretty funny, but uh, and it's funny. I ended up teaming up with this guy to buy my first. Uh, uh, the guy that bought me my first kit, uh, um, God bless his soul, because he passed away. Glenn Lusiger was a uh, in an older guy as well who had the, we had a band house in in Saint Patel on Saint Anne's Saint Anne's Road. And it was mm -hmm. called the band house. And it was like, this was a been like in the mid or 60, in the si mid sixties. Wow. So we'd go, oh, kids, we'd all go hang out around this, the band house right there is guys. Cause Winnipeg was amazing back then. Every street had a band and, and guys played instruments everywhere. We had these, these community centers that were full of every weekend. There was a band playing, you know, yeah. and we, as kids, we'd go see like Vance masters. who was, you know, the fifth and the mongrels and all these amazing bands that were back and the guess who you know the, mm. these bands that were playing at community centers and stuff so anyway this guy ended up having this this rehearsal his house so we go see the band he'd let me start playing on the drums and he said hey you got some potential so he brought went down to a music store i come from a family of seven kids and a two-bedroom <clears throat> house no money to buy drums for me well, he went to the, we went to, I don't know, Winnipeg piano and he bought a guitar, a little 
Gibson for this other guy and drums for me. And he said, listen, if you guys learn how to play these, they're yours. And, and it's great. I mean, I ended up, you know, got my first drums were bought to me by a guy who thought I had potential, you know, that's, that's amazing. amazing. And I didn't have to do anything to him to get it, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> fortunate. You, know, you, think, you think of those little things as a musician. I'm You're sure not you, guys, music. You, you guys all have those kind of stories as well, of how you started playing because somebody believed in you, you know, you, you know, it's, and, and, and everything just sort of kind of grows out of that. But, so did you, you know, have any background in any other kind of instrument? I mean, I don't mean to be, sound like a jerk, but, you know, I mean, is there, because the drums being a sort of percussive instrument, being able to sing, being such a musical thing, like Brent plays piano, Shane plays a bunch of stuff too. Did you play, did you I have a, we, we always had like a piano at home, so I could play black block chords. And I do play a little bit. I would never play a guitar in front of people because I'm horrible, but I do play, you know, I have a guitar. I play, I write on guitar. I play, but I'm, you know, I'm, I would never, you won't catch me trying to do a Right, <laughs> right. I mean, but we I could sit around myself. the camp. Well, we could sit around the campfire and just kind of knock yeah, out. Yeah, I can bang yeah. out chords and stuff. But I, sure, you know, yeah. And I will when I'm recording because I can punch in, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could play you know, one note at a time, right? Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't know if it's part of our, our culture, but it seems that when we were kids, you go to your friend's house, like it was around the holidays, there was always someone playing, there was always someone singing. Uncle Lou was on the, you know, playing yeah, the accordion. Yeah, and you absolutely. just end up being part of it singing or you you know you grab a whatever it was there was a guitar around just it seems like all of us kind of had that thing mm -hmm. you know i don't well, know nobody if wants to do it anymore thing. because everybody's got an iphone in your face that's yeah. why yeah that's a good point yeah, yeah but we have I mean, growing up I, we didn't i didn't even have a tv till i was around uh seven or eight actually i, wow. I knew that i had it by the time i was nine because what i you know, I was got to see the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, which was, right. that, was a, that was like a religious experience for guys my age. Because Amazing. And for me, it's like I saw these guys and I went, wow, are they ever cool? And all the chicks were freaking out. I went, what a <laughs> great way to get chicks. <laughs> but though, I, eventually I did learn to enjoy music as well but i mean <laughs> <laughs> the other side of music too yeah, yeah. Funny, it's funny you guys were mentioning and we've got to rewind a couple of minutes because i just wanted to mention something too brent when you said everybody grew up and everybody also learned to sing and i think that is important because that also predates a lot of the technology that we have now where you can get a pedal that does a four-part harmony for you right so it yeah. was important that everybody kind of participated in that so i mean anybody listening right now too i mean you know kids out there you know learn to sing because you'll end up having mark on your record <laughs> yeah, that's hey, one of the things so i <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of the things i tell all young people they're like, how do I get the good gig? I'm like, well, you got to be good on your instrument, but you have to sing too, because there's so many 100%. great players that that you know can do the job, but they can't sing. The guy that can play that isn't as good, but can sing will probably get the gig. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's, true. that's another one of my dear friends who I played in a band, Musical Odyssey. Craig Troop. I remember driving in a van one day with him, and he looked over. He says. You're gonna be able. You're gonna be able to play forever. I says, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, you can sing and play drums at the same time." And I went, "I yeah. never really thought anything of it, but now here I am, like, 105 years old." And like, <laughs> uh, but it is it is an interesting yeah. thing. So it must have been supernatural for you because I think a lot of people like I'm always surprised by a guitar player who just won't even sing like the. Hey, or the kind of like yeah, you know, the yeah. very obvious parts, and I'm like, well, that's weird. But as a drummer, there's so much going on. You're 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 the heart and soul of the band. You're controlling the actual pulse that's happening, and then you're singing on top of that. So you clearly have this sort of built-in ability to do so. Well, I think the, the, the like I said, I started doing it like immediately, and I did spend hours in like a lot of us. I I think after grade 11, I quit school for a year. I did go back and get my 12, but I, I, I quit school for a year because I heard 200 motels with Ainsley Dunbar. And I went, so I just basically went in a rehearsal studio by myself. The band would come some in the evening and I'd spend like hours and hours at this Boy Scout hall on St. On St. Mary's Road. And just by myself, I'd set up the, you know, the, we had an old Garnett PA or, or, 
Oh, yeah. sure PA, sure, oh, was the sure vocal master PA, and I'd face him into me, and I'd pump, because, you know, we had a record player. I don't even think there were cassettes back then. I think it was still, we still, yeah, we had to play albums. So I put, you know, played, was playing the albums and just sitting there banging away and singing along to them, uh, you know, with playing the records. That's wow. so cool. Uh, <coughs> so... So tell us about uh, you know playing behind guys like Randy Randy Backman and Fred Turner. That's got to be such a trip. It is. I mean, Fred. I remember the first rehearsal we did in Winnipeg when we first started. We we're going to do that those that that tour and meeting Fred because he was like a Viking to me. Whenever yeah, I yeah, he totally. Like a, he looked like a Viking, a Norseman, <laughs> right? Real. Sings like one too. Yeah. And then you meet the guy and he is the absolute sweetest person. Like he's so un, like what you think of a rock star, the way they would talk, the attitude, just an absolute wonderful guy. And then the first time I remember when we did uh, Not Fragile or something, and I hear this voice and I go, <laughs> Good Lord. It just, and every <laughs> night, every night, I mean, we'd be doing sound checks sometimes and I'd say, Hey, Fred, you know, you don't, you know, we're not doing the show now. Maybe just <laughs> yeah. he's, off, he's off a little bit. So you know, <laughs> yeah. He'd look over to save your voice. He'd look over, Mark, there's only one way that I know how to do it. And that's <laughs> the way I do it. You know, and he just goes for it every time. <laughs> amazing. But it's an amazing guy. And every night that voice would just, yeah, he's a wonderful guy. And Randy is I guess I've been working with him for about eleven years now. Oh he's, wow. He's he's wonderful. I mean, he's he's <clears throat> the guy is like a kid in a candy store. So he's still like that, you know, like a young musician who's still writing, still you know, you know, still has the fire in his belly. You know, yeah, he pretty, never seemed to have lost that. He still talks never, about just never. wanting to write songs all the time. And yeah, yeah I mean, that's great. I remember that somebody asked him a question one time and they said, if you hadn't have been a successful, you know, guitar player, what would you have done? He says, without even bad an eye, I would have been an unsuccessful guitar player. <laughs> he just, because he just, that's what he loves to do. You know, the guy still plays, you know, his practices every day, he plays. He's, he's, he's really, uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be around for sure. And his stories are, I mean, on the oh, I bet. he's one of those guys that just, you can just, you know, you just listen to him for hours and it's just, it's very entertaining for sure. You know I what's bet. good to go to everyone that's watching? On Amazon Prime, yes, I was going to mention that. You can find it anywhere. There's a great concert, Mark, that you with Randy and the guys performed in Winnipeg, probably Mm -hmm. I don't know five or six years ago, and you were at the Playhouse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Pantages, and it's one of those where it's you're in Winnipeg, Randy's in his hometown, and and the storytelling. Of course, I know there's probably a lot of that during the show, but when you're touring as well. But this was particularly like so. And I've I've seen you guys a million times, and I know all the guests who history and and Bachman Turner and all that. But man, I was just riveted by all these extras that were included in this the backstory on all the great songs. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, it's a bit, it's very. It's and then very, you would he would play the you would tell the story, and you guys would go right into the the classic song as well. It was really oh, well done. Yeah, it's that's funny. Cool. It's great working with Randy because it's like we've had you got to stay on your toes because like every song has, you know, we got several 10 different arrangements depending on what show if we're doing a oh. symphony show we're doing a the vinyl tap show or we're doing the rock show it's like so you got to be you got to make sure you got to always be watching him because you never know it's just he might revert to one of those versions <laughs> right right <laughs> so you're forever wow. like on your toes making sure but i mean it's fun that's what makes it and, and the three the my other band makes uh nick delavie and Brent Knudsen, who I've been working with Mick for like 35 years uh, now. All great know. singers. And, All great and, singers. And, and so mm-hmm. we've been, we're, we're the band. We've been playing with Randy. So it's, it's I guess, kind of like you guys with working with, with Slash. And, and then you go and you do your, your gig with the Toots and stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a funny thing too, because I, a, a lot of people think I'm sure you guys get this because you're working with big name people all the time. People think as soon as you work with Randy Backman, oh man, you've hit the big time. You're, and they don't realize that as soon as you're finished doing that tour, you're back doing. You got to jump on something else, otherwise you can't pay your mortgage. <laughs> of course, that's true. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, these it's, it's not a guarantee that you've you you know it's it's wonderful and it looks it's great to do, but you know when we're we're you know when you're a journeyman musician, which is kind of what I. I think of myself. You just me too. Your, me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. So touching on that, how was 2020 for you? I mean, I'm sure, like everybody, it's it became one of those years that you know the the live thing was there. Was there any stuff, session work, things that, like that that you were able to do remotely? You know or? what happened is like I for years I've been spent so much time in all the studios doing sessions. Finally, I decided I would get a really good microphone and start. Mm -hmm. Right. I started writing and I started uh, doing sessions from home. And it's been yeah. for me this year. I don't know, maybe it's similar for you guys, but for me, this has been the most creative I've been in years. Yeah, I've got, cool. I've got my third sing, my third singles coming out on April 9th. And I'm not Great. worried about genres. I'm doing whatever I feel I want to do. If it's going to be a country suit or it's going to be a Latin tune or a rock tune, I don't care. Whatever I decide wow. I want to do, I do. I'm not really worried about, uh, you know, if, if the people like it, if people download it, it gets used for something great, but I'm just doing it because I just love doing it, which is why I started playing music in the first place. So, for, so me, cool. it's been, for me, this whole period has been really, really fantastic, and I get to spend time with my beautiful wife. And so I, I don't know. I, I feel pretty fortunate despite – I feel bad that uh, – I've been told that I got to be careful when I talk like this because some you know people have died. I know. It's a, it's, yeah. I don't want to be you know belittle what's happened, but for sure. me, it's been it has been a very positive, uh, creative time. So yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, like we've always said on this show, when we talk about that we're really just talking about the effects that it has on um you know in particular the the band guys the musicians the actors yeah. and the live performance the live industry in general yeah i that. feel bad for the you know the the obviously the you know because you got the crews you got there's a lot of people that are hurting financially mm -hmm. from yeah I mean, we're a little I mean, in canada we've been pretty lucky because our just because of our government there's that there's a lot of uh assistance for uh for if you're uh, you know if you've made if you file a tax return that where you've made over five thousand uh, dollars gross which or net or whatever you you know you can apply to the government to get uh, uh, subsidy for for mm -hmm. income you know so there's there's a lot of things up here that we've been we've benefited from uh, you know that where we're not hurting at least financially and people aren't going bankrupt but there still are some of course but uh, of course of course yeah yeah exactly yeah you know, it's it's been uh, it's been an awful, but hopefully, uh, like we were saying, you know, it's uh, looking to make a, a quick turn. And uh, as you said, some think, of you guys have already uh, taken I, the, I, the, the vaccine. Yeah. So, I think it's gonna. I think as soon as this opens up, we're gonna see. It's gonna be like the Roaring Twenties. I think it's gonna go absolutely apeshit. People are gonna want to see live music. We're gonna be working more than ever. So, we got to stay in shape. Get ready to. Do it. I know, I know. <laughs> but, I, I, but I'm feeling proud. I mean, every day, you know, you you just sort of see that. You can see the the light at the end of the tunnel. I think with the vaccines and all that. So <clears throat> I prefer to think in a positive way than drag myself down into the dredges. So, but I think mm -hmm. I totally, think it, totally. I think it's going to open up. Well, hopefully, totally. Uh, hopefully, it does. Well, we yeah. uh, we have kept you for uh, you know almost a good hour, and uh, we know some of these guys have other things we got to get on to do. But we wanted to thank you for coming on today. You hey. mentioned you have a single coming out. Is that part of an album release? Well, next month? It'll, it'll, I guess it'll eventually become an album. <laughs> uh, That's exciting. Yeah. No, so just, it, just, to, to everybody on here that wants to go check it out, where would they find it? Just go to marklafrance.com and there all of the you can get to all the portals. You know the. Spotify, the my delinquent records uh, site. I've got my whole entire catalog stuff that I've done through the years has been reissued, so you can stream it. Stuff that you really with uh, an album I did with Paul Dean in 1994. I have that. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Yep. Uh, yep. That was a fun. He is great. There's another guy that's just was fantastic to work with. He opened doors for me too. That man. Mm. Yeah. And did oh, you play with Trooper? And did you like what were all the yes. other bands from Vancouver that you drummed with? I played. I played with Trooper. I played with Straight Lines, Sherry Ulrich, Bruce Miller. Uh, I've a lot of different, lot of different bands, and of course, Cease and Assist. But I, I've, yeah, I've, I've had a, a good luck to always be working. So that's and great. Cease and Assist is still going, right? You guys that's, are still, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got a, a lot of our gigs. We do a lot of corporate kind of stuff, mm -hmm. like the Tukes, the kind of thing. You know, we're doing. 
we're doing a big gig in Winnipeg in well, I guess it's been moved for uh, a high school reunion at the uh, trade convention center in in nine, in 2022. So it's how many years has cease and desist been going? Well, Mick and I have been working together for over 35 years. We were uh, amazing. When I joined up with him. It was with uh, Jeff Neal. Uh, actually, it was uh, wrote Mike Filoni, their sound guy at the time, phoned me up. <laughs> Hey, can you come and do a one gig at the at the body shop? And I went, sure. So Mick and I, I Mick and I've been working together ever since. Jeff, of course, left and went to play with Jimmy Barnes, and we've had, and then Brent joined us maybe three years later. So he's been almost thirty-two years with us. Holy, holy so, cow, that's crazy! Wow. Yeah. So we, yeah, it's a little train that just keeps chugging. So when by all means. Know, Whatever it's just you, you, you know. I love playing anyway. I mean, I of course, yeah, you yeah. Know, if I'll play in anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all the That's same. Great, though. All of us We're all the same. Well, it's yeah. inspiring. I, I, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up and hang out because well, it's, it's great uh, chat with you guys. And absolutely, we'll, we'll see each other in person on the road or somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me know next time you guys are in Vancouver. If you're doing any kind of show, just let me know. Well, we'll, we'll let you know when I'll on. be there. So, yeah. Whenever you need some background vocals, we'll call you. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, now you're talking. <laughs> the now wizard talking. is behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, I got a funny story about that, but we will go an Ozzy Osbourne story, but we can talk. No, about let's hear it. I need to hear this. Quick. Oh, yeah. Need, we need to hear that. Years ago, uh, uh, I get a call because I guess Jim Valance and Fairburn had suggested to. Sharon or whatever that I'd be good to do background vocals for Ozzy on a curtain by the side of the stage. I guess because the, they had a guy actually covering for him when he'd blow his voice out or whatever. Wow! So I went to San or, or I can't remember somewhere in the states, San Diego or something like that, uh, and they flew me there. And I went to do the show. I was getting ready to go meet Ozzy and the whole thing. And wow. the next thing I know, I you know they said don't you know. I went, went, did a quick, you know, met a couple of the guys in the band. I was back in the hotel and then he decided, I guess he couldn't do the show. And they blamed it on the fact his wife had been, you know, the road manager phones me up. Oh, the cancer, the concert's been canceled. I said, what? He says, yeah, the concert's been canceled because Ozzy lost his voice, but we're saying that his wife got in a car accident. I went, oh, okay. So anyway, I turned the TV on and fans are flipping cars over, burning them. They, it was like a major riot and he's just crazy. So I flew home and then I just, wow. I think I, out, I outpriced myself for doing it because I went, wow. It, was pretty, it felt pretty weird too because I don't know, some of the guys in the band at that time, this was years ago, seemed like they were on some weird shit. So I don't know. Wow. I just went. I'm staying home. <laughs> I'm going to do that. But wow. Probably for the best. Yeah. But it was a funny story. About, yeah. Was it was like Jakey wow. Lee era, Zach Wilde when. I can't remember what era. I'd have to look back and see it. Like, but it, yeah, it was. So it was I think probably when Robert, Robert Mason was doing that, like for a whole tour, he was. Yeah, there was, they had a yes. little black that yeah. looked like a. Yeah. It was a little black scrim by the side of the stage. And that's where you'd stand. And you'd, you know, if. Yeah, it was weird. Hmm. Now they just, you know, now it's pre-recorded stuff. Yeah, they, now you they just don't need, have, yeah. yeah. Which it's yeah. funny because even the, you know, the pre-recorded stuff, I, a lot of people look down on that. I mean, unless you're doing a whole lip sync, I don't think that's very cool. But I mean, we all know when you were in stacking vocals, how can you make a stack sound? You know, when you got three guys singing, how can you get that sound? It's like an effect on a keyboard, right? So yeah. Yeah. I don't really look at that as being a bad thing. Yeah, no. but I agree. Yeah, anyway, so. Yep. It is, yeah. what it ladies is. and gentlemen. Eddie Trunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's Eddie Trunk. <laughs> Do you hear him go off on the Grammys? Yes, yeah. never ending. Oh yeah, that's great. Well, we always like it? to end on a good story. No, yeah, we're yeah. talking about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me. That's been a blast. Thanks so much, yeah, Mark. Mark. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, Mark. Okay, take care. To rock okay, uh, Talk to everybody uh, uh, hey, next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, guys. Peace, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Thanks everyone. Bye, Later, guys. Later. Later.